Blog Talk Welcome. Radio. Welcome to the late Mr. Miller Show. Yeah. Welcome to the Nate Mr. Miller Show. I am the former cruiserweight champion of the world, Nate Mr. Miller. And most people have saw my fights and met me. And we had great times talking about my career. And I was fortunate enough to get a chance to meet great people in this great city of Philadelphia and giving back to the community. That's my goal for this year and to help humanity. I'm grateful to be alive. The Lord has given me another day. He, 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 he breathed life into me and hey, I'm very grateful to be around and to see the planet and be grateful for everything I have. So life is a wonderful thing. It's how you make it. God first and everything else will fall into place. And uh, that's the best best way to go. Put him first and you know, overcome. So I'm glad to uh, have my own radio show, and, and if people have anything out there to ask me about, feel free. You call us. Uh, yes, and, you know, um, welcome, Nate, and uh, welcome to uh, Purpose Kingdom Network, and I'm glad to... Uh, listening to the broadcast. So I do have a question. And uh, real quickly before I do that, let me just um, let everyone know if you're online and you're listening and you want to call in, you can call in at 319-527-6091 or you can call in at 323-870-4174. Anytime you want to talk to our host tonight, which is Nate Mr. Miller, you can just press the number one. And uh, Nate, I just want to ask you a question. Um, Philadelphia being so rich in boxing history, um, after the Blue Horizon just pretty much disintegrated, what happened to Philadelphia boxing? Well, they still have places. They have the arena. Uh, that will probably be the next biggest thing. Um, you know, they got other small venues. I mean, Leah Cora. I mean, they still can still can have boxing in, in this great city of, uh, boxing. Um, it's probably ranked the number, I'm taking a guess, say probably the fifth, sixth boxing, uh, capital of, of these, of, of the United States. Um, so, you know, they still can get it on and, and still have great shows here at the, uh, few venues that they have left. And I don't know exactly if the Blue Horizon is totally demolished. I mean, I have went by there, drove by there, and it, it's still standing. I mean, whether they're going to make hotels or 
uh, something out of it. I don't know, but if, if all goes well, me and my partner are going to try to buy it before they start, you know, building it, you know, building it up again and make it into a hotel. So that's the goal to buy it. Wow. I mean, I think uh, with your experience, yeah, I I think with your experience, you know, um, you would definitely be a a great input. Uh, Not only did you perform um, some great shows there, but, you know, uh, you really know how how risking it is in the history of boxing. And not only as you a boxer, as a a spectator. I've I've seen you there before. uh, You sit fans, and you're very personable. Uh, person, but one more thing I got to ask you: How did it feel to be a champion of the world? You know, just being a, a world champion. Well, uh, well, when I first won the title, you know, it was just like, wow, I am really a world champion fighter. You know, I, I, I stayed humble. I, I come from humble beginnings. I, I didn't let it take over me. It was just something I was grateful. For to uh have and earn and wow it was just like mind-blowing it, it took me many months to like really really get over that i won a world title i mean one of the greatest films on the planet to become a world champion and that's the highest athlete you can uh win in the sports arena to become a world champion and that was uh exhilarating i mean just like didn't believe it. Not not that I got in in the sport to become a world champion, you know. I, you know, I was fortunate enough to to win it, but my goal was to get in there to to make money. But after seeing that, you know, I could go a little further with a few little, you know, adjustments and discipline. Hey, I said, hey, why not go all the way? Yeah, that that sounds good. Now, I'm just going to just see if you could reach back. Was there any time, like, when you were just shadow boxing and you were just practicing some moves and say, hey, you know what, this is what's going to make me world champion one day, and you can relive that moment where you were just actually just dreaming of being world champion until you started actually, you know, formulating your plans executing your, you know, your training and you became a world champion. So do you remember any time like that? Well, I actually, I, I never dreamt about being a world champion. I knew by training and doing the right thing, I had a good chance simply because I was a puncher. And, you know, and had I not been a puncher, probably couldn't tell you about you know, uh, the world champion status. And and on the flip side of that is, had I not been a puncher, I may have been a, a speedster, I might, meaning that I might have had real, real, really, really good skills with quick hands and, and, and great moves. So it, it, it's hard to say. I, I was just born with power. And usually power can sometimes you know, get you what you need to get. Some in, in some in some cases, everybody that had power will not be a world champion. 
everybody that has speed and all the other moves will not become a world champion. I was just fortunate. I was blessed to become a world champion because I had mad power. So, you know, it, it goes without saying. That I agree with. That I agree with. Um, now, you know, one of the um, the places that, you know, like I said, through many of the the places that we have as far as, far as the boxing institutes that we have in Philadelphia, uh, can you explain where you learned, you originally learned, and started displaying your skills in the in the boxing arena? Yeah, I I learned at a gym called the Happy Hollow Playground in the Germantown section of Philadelphia, and everybody often asks me, say, how did you get into boxing? And you know, I I, I lived in North Philly and and met. A neighbor, we talked about boxing for a few days, and and we, we decided we wanted to walk. And that's probably over, I'm guessing, three miles. And we was walking up in Germantown on Wayne Avenue, and I just happened to be, we was walking by a gym, and I just happened to look in there. And I saw some guys in there throwing some punches, and the rest they say is history. That's how, you know, I went in, introduced myself, and that's how I started training. And come to find out later that the trainer we that trained me, we was we are related through marriage. And that's you know, it took me from uh I got into amateur boxing, he trained me, we been around the world and that's how I actually got into boxing. Had I not went by that gym, don't know if I had would have been a boxer. Had I not been the weight I was, don't know if I would have been a boxer. I mean, it's good they came up with a weight called cruiserweight after uh, Holyfield because, you know, I couldn't get down being a big-boned guy. I couldn't get down to 175, and the next step was a heavyweight. And, you know, it's a good thing they had cruiserweight. Most likely I probably wouldn't have been a boxer simply because, I was smart enough not to get up there with them big guys, and I'm a little old guy. Even though I could punch like a heavyweight, I, I felt in my heart, I don't want to take that chance. <laughs> so, wow, I'm I'm glad you just said said that because uh, there were some boxers that fell into that not heavyweight and not lightweight, and where you know the, the cruiserweight division was a, a whole bunch of actually it, it was just a whole bunch of guys that had skills it was either they were fast could make weight or they were you know they had power but they couldn't basically you know uh be fast enough or you had a, a combination of speed skill and defense um and if i'm not mistaken maybe you can probably just um just clear this up for me. Now, I believe that your defense was, was pretty good. I think you had that peekaboo style defense, if I'm not well, mistaken. No, it wasn't so much a peekaboo. It was like a um, herky-jerky style, basically. If you if you go look at my fights, you see where it was like a herky-jerky, like unorthodox, like hard to hit me. You know, I'm just okay all over the place. <laughs> 
And uh, as far as your defense, well, you say you're all over defense. So I guess, you know, uh, with, depending on your opponent, did you feel as though that you had to – because there was a lot of times that I, I've seen, and I know you can take a punch, but it was a lot of times where I see you would just make sure you was like uh, you were more relaxed. I would say you were more comfortable in the ring where you felt as though that you could dominate the fight and you would relax your defense. And there were other times where I see that you were very defensive. So um, can you explain the strategy behind it or or why you would change that style? Well, there's always a plan. Old saying is nobody planned to fail; they just failed to plan. And my plan, we we were trained for certain people, and we would stick with it. Then we wouldn't stick with it. I mean, it's like, all right, I looked at this guy. All right, this is how I'm gonna go in, and this is what I'm gonna do. And generally, that's what I did. And if I was gasping for air or something, you know, I had to go back to doing what I did best was being unorthodox and and throwing punches from different ways and, and giving them a different target to hit. So nobody knew exactly what I had. You know, these may have seen me train, but they didn't really know what I was coming with. And most of the time they were probably scared of the power that I had that I possess when I got into the ring. So that, that probably kind of threw people off. And if you notice in most of my fights, we didn't, it wasn't a lot of people that actually came after me, came charging after me because they already knew that, Hey, this guy can punch. And some fights you saw where we stood toe to toe. Yeah. Now, uh, now one thing I just want to ask you, which is this probably what you probably had to, you know, uh, think, like within, but when you establish yourself a little bit, um, what you know, what broke you away from the pack? Because at the time you were boxing, there were so many boxers that you know had the you know the same potential you had as far as being world champion. But when you became world champion, what was the the main thing that you can pinpoint that separated you from that pack of, of boxers? that, you know, eventually, you know, made you world champion? Well, um, well, like, like I said, I come from humble beginnings. Uh, I'm just me. Uh, you know, I didn't talk down on nobody, talk about people. I, I love the sport, and I am who I am. I, who You know, I am what I am, and, you know, I'm I'm just me. And that's the only way I know how to be is me. I was born this way, and you know, hey, and I possess what what the, uh, the Creator gave me to uh, to have and 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 use it in the way I should in a um, manner where you know I'm not above or beneath anybody. So you know, I'm, like I said, I'm just me. Cool, cool. Um, I'm going to ask you another question. Before I do that, I just want to let you know that we have a caller on the air. You want to um, mm-hmm. talk to the caller? Yeah, after you answer, ask the question. 
All right, so the question I'm asking you is, you know, uh, we all have a role model or, you know, sometimes not even a role model, somebody we admire. Uh, who is one of the the people in your life that inspired you or somebody that you looked after? Well, no, nobody inspired me. I, even though I, I like a few fighters, I had a couple of favorites, but I never – I never had no role model models. I mean, I looked up to this, you know, I just like the few fighters. I understand, understand. Okay, so you want to bring on call over? Sure. Okay, here we go. Hi, good evening. What up, what up, what up? How are you? Hi. Brother Pop-Up, I had a question for your guest. I'm sorry. Could you repeat your name for me, please? Um, actually, he's uh, my guest. This is this is our this is our host. And go ahead, you can introduce yourself. Uh, my name is uh, Nate Miller, or Nate Mister Miller, former cruiserweight champ of the world, boxing champion. Oh, Nate Miller. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, no. I had I you 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 caught me on cruiserweight. Because I was like, cruiserweight, what's that? Like, I've never heard of that. I think I heard of everybody else, but now now that you make it, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's, that, it's the little, little guys. And, um, no, it's not. I, I, and you keep, you, you and you're saying humble beginnings. And I understand right. that you're saying humble beginnings. And you try to get into it a little bit, like not talking about this person or, you know, Trying to stay right. Um, you grew up in Philadelphia. Yes. Okay. So then, I'm not really sure around the time, like how I don't want to ask you your age, but was there, like, within the situation, like let's say today we're having, we're having, you know, race, race, um. Uh, race talk and we're having protests and we're doing things of that nature. Was there something major going on in Philly? Like there's, there's stories about gang wars in Philly and then there's stories about other stuff in Philly. Was there anything that was going on while you, you know, besides the fact that you and your friend just decided that y'all were going to take a three mile walk? (laughs) Well, actually, uh, well, I'll be 57 in August, number one. Uh, nothing okay. that August I know what? of. August what? Sound August like a Leo. 3rd. August hey, 3rd. Sound like a Leo. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, uh, nothing was going on at that time. You know, I started boxing at the age of 17. So it wasn't okay. no real, real serious stuff going on. I mean, the usual stuff that normal ha- normally happens through the course of a day or a night, you know, fights and shootings and stabbings and so forth and so on, but it wasn't outrageous then when, you know, at the at, at my age. I, I tried to join a gang, but I was a punk, though, because when, when we was going to fight the other other gang, I would stay all the way in the back. So when I heard the first gunshot, I was the first one going, but I wasn't a real gangster, for real. You was a cherry-picker gangster. Right, I like right. that. I like yeah. that. I, I wasn't a gangster for real, because when that Listen, when that gunshot ran off, you was a gangster because you you was a gangster because you said you the what's your title? Uh, I'm the former WBA cruiserweight champion. 
I like that. The former W. What is it? Oh, w- I like titles because w- you don't WBA. Carry. WBA. Yeah. Right. You can pull me up on uh, Facebook. Uh, Nate, Mr. Miller, I should be the first person. Well, Nate, Mr. Miller, welcome to the kingdom. Um, I Thank look you. forward to I look forward to sports talks with you because um, I'm sure, especially at 17, I have a 19 year old son who mm-hmm. is kind of like in between. He thought he wanted to do this, he wants to do that, and now there's a pandemic, so now he can't do any of it. Well, it's a scam demic. That's fine. What you say? It's a scam demic, and all this stuff, all this stuff is happening for a reason. I know a lot, and it's a scam demic. Can you, can you, can you, can you dig a little bit? Yeah, I'll give you a little bit. I'm not going to. I like that. I like that scam demic. I'm not going to get in. I'm not going to get into all the details, but I'll give you a little bit because the planet is changing for the better. Um, is a scandemic number one. COVID stands for Certificate of Vaccination Identification. Uh, Bill Gates, he wanted to chip up everybody. That's not going to work. Bill Gates and Oprah Winfrey wanted to get rid of 80% of the people. That's not going to work. Trump was put there for a reason, to make America great which is, that's what he's doing. A lot of people don't know. You're getting stimulus, and people are supposed to get anywhere from 2000 to 5000 a month for the next 11 years, and all debt going to be wiped out. We're under the gold standard. A lot of stuff. If you want to go deeper into it, you can inbox me or send me a, a Facebook request, and I'll give you a little bit more than what I know. But, you know, I, I could be here all night telling you stuff and it blow your mind, and you'd be like, wow. But so it's, you're it's on every, this is second Friday, correct? Right. So you're on every second or so, how are you doing uh, second? Uh, the second week of every uh, month. Cool. Awesome. But, it, but so we know you to meet you here to get, re- to get the go-go. Yeah, if you want to send me a friend request on Facebook, like I can inbox you some stuff and you know, like oh, I said, yeah, I'm sure your mind. you're about to get a whole lot of inboxes because we'll be here every second Friday. We'll be waiting on you because if you know about the scandemic, we want to hear about it every Friday. Well, so if you can talk well, forever, we want to hear it. What I'm saying, I ain't going to guarantee you because I wanted to billionaires, millionaires, or trillionaires. So I don't know how much longer I'm going to be on every month because I promise to do humanitarian work. But, you know, it's it's getting ready to get real intense. So it's a lot going on. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, welcome to the kingdom. Thank you. Yep. Getting ready to get real good. If everybody's not um, familiar with the voice, I was Adrian. Misunderstand is Alan. And she is on D-Block Church every other Thursday night, and this coming Thursday night, she will be on. So if you want to hear more from uh, Adrian Misunderstandings Allen, you can just listen to her at D-Black Church this upcoming Thursday at 9 p.m. And, uh, Nate, I just I, I just love uh, conversing with you, and I do know is that you do have a universal language, and that is the language of the people, and even though, you know, you you know, this is the boxing 
your boxing show. Uh, I do appreciate you uh, just coming out of the box, out the square circle there, as I, you know, as I, re- you know, should reference it. That you're, you know, um, and you also said you want to do humanitarian things, and yeah, the things I would love, I would love to know about is some of your plans of doing some humanitarian aid for not just, you know, um, not just for you, but for the people. So can you expand on that real quickly? Yeah, I'm for the people. I believe in helping people, and now I'm getting ready to get this opportunity to have a whole lot of wealth and you know i always said if i ever get some wealth i like i like helping people that's that's what i love doing so i'm getting ready to get the opportunity to put people to work and give money away and help overseas and the neighboring uh cities you know surrounding me delaware camden uh jersey you know a, a few spots and you know put people to work fixing up bridges and streets and building homes and forth and so on, maybe build some uh, senior homes and uh, some facilities where the children go play volleyball, basketball, maybe a two-block-long facility where you can have recreation for everybody, you know. That's what I'm... Wow, excellent, 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 outstanding. Uh, You know, just what you just said, you know, within the span of like one minute, you've explained, you know, better than a politician running for office, what they would do for the people. And I think that's outstanding. And I think, you know, from like your basic body of work in boxing and you're expanding that, I think that is just, you know, pretty much, uh, wow, what can I say? It's, it's more so mind blowing that you're so more willing to give more, you know, uh, I know boxing is more about the, the body and mind, and I, you know, I know you gave, you know, your body and mind more so to the sport of boxing, and it was very entertaining. But now, after, you know, you're willing to, you know, not only do that, and you're also willing to expand on, you know, your thoughts about what is going on in the world, and you know, so many people need. A, you know, people that give us that eye-opening, that out-of-the-box experience, that out-of-the-box outlook. And, um, man, it's just so great just to hear that. It's really refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And uh, I, I just want to say, you know, thanks for, you know, for expanding more, you know, on boxing. I know if I need boxing advice, I would I would definitely listen to you. And just speaking about boxing advice, have you ever thought about being a corner man or, you know, advising, you know, a young boxer as far as training them? I started, but I stopped simply because um, I got them a few people when they was older. And when you teach some people, they know more than you after a few months. So I decided, you know, I'll leave that alone, but I still go up to the gym and help out with a few younger ladies, like 13, 14. So they, they kind of listen a little bit and, you know, just give them a little bit, a few little tips and a couple little guys that's probably no more than, eh, I think about, about nine or so. 
So, you know, they, they drift off sometimes. You show them something for a second or so, then they drift off. They go, go on and do what they want to do. <laughs> but, you know, I, I guess I'll probably always be around the game, I guess. Well, you know what? I'm 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 willing to bet that you will always be around the game. And one of the things you're talking about, you know, like the game of boxing, and I'm not trying to, you know, create a a war of fire shots, but do you think with the creation and the expansion of the UFC, does that take away from boxing, or does it expand more so where it demands more skillful boxers? Well. I don't think so. Boxing always be boxing, and UFC will be a barbaric sport. A lot of people like to see the barbaric UFC. So I don't think it uh, – I mean, it will outdo boxing as far as many uh, – lots of people going to see that. I think more people will go see that than boxing, in my opinion, because it's barbaric. You see a lot more in that as opposed to boxing. The sweet science, you know – or boxing, but um, as long as boxing be around, as long as they don't stop it, I mean, you're going to still have a great turnout for boxing. People love to see a good fight. They they, they like to switch up sometimes. Some people like, you know, all right, I'm going to go see this, I'm going to go see this. And some just like one or the other. It's, it's just that simple. Okay. Um I kind of agree with that. So do you think it's, it's room for, for both sports as far as, you know, and I do agree with the part where you say it is more barbaric. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it seems where it's, it's where you have um, someone that, you know, participates in the match in the UFC <clears throat> where, you know, after they participate in the match, they're not able to or just from, you know, just from the event itself, they won't be able to participate for another six months. And where boxing is, where I've seen uh, someone that has displayed, you know, like the true boxing spirit of like Roy Jones, where he had two boxing matches in one day. And even though you can say, hey, um, he faced two ordinary guys, but it's hard to train for two boxing matches in one day. And I just want to just really ask you, what do you think about that? If you get you get the same person, I mean, if, if both person is the same caliber, then in my opinion, it, it's not. In my opinion, if you're in good shape already and you got the same fighter, you know, fight the same way, then okay, it most likely it'll go a little smoother. They got the same punch, punching power. They got the same skill. And in my opinion, it'll, it'll go pretty smooth. But if you got one that's powerful and, and awkward and pulls a, a, a serious threat and the other one just a normal fighter, then you have a problem. So in my opinion, unless you're an exception to the rule, like a Mike Tyson or – or um, or foreman, exception to the rule, then hey, that's that that'll be a piece of cake. Wow. But if you're not a dynamite wow, I, puncher, or you know, I mean, hey, yeah. Okay, so now 
I'm going to just uh, reference an analogy, and I just want to see if you um, can expand on it with me. Now, you ever heard of somebody referencing, you couldn't beat me on my worst day? Mm-hmm. I heard that. Uh, what do you what, what do you think about what do you think about that analogy? People can people can say anything they want. It's the it's the uh, proven proven it factor. You know what I'm saying? Anybody can say anything, but now yeah, you know, put up or shut up. It's, it's just just that simple. Cut and dry. Just that simple. Got you. You can say anything, whether you can prove it. All right. It's, it's irrelevant. All right, so I just want to ask you about a strategy <clears throat> that taken. Now, the one thing I, I noticed, uh, you have fought in overseas. And when you play overseas, I know it's a different element. So what do you do to even the odds as far as you fighting overseas, especially when you're fighting opponents from that country. Well, the, the bad part on that is, unless you can beat up that person so bad, where the ref had to stop it, or bloody that person up so bad that the ref had to stop it. If you go the distance, generally, I mean, you, you could you could box his ears off. You could literally box his ears off. But if you don't knock him down a few times, guess what? You lose. Simple. Wow. You can beat him every round. You can spank him every round. But guess what? As long as he's standing, guess guess who guess who lost? I got you. And I, I, I totally understand that response because I've um I understand. Right. That's Roy Jones on that and Holyfield. Right yes, yes. You saw it with your own eyes, Holyfield. And 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 Roy Jones beat both of the guys, and guess what? They lost. So let me ask you this question: When things like that happen in boxing, and I know the promoter or someone inside your circle is going to say, "Hey, listen, this is." was pretty much an unfair judge bout. Uh, is there anything you can do about it? I mean, I know you can't overturn the way the judges judge, you know, the, the the fight, but is there any way where you can sanction these judges or are these judges are just free to judge the way they want to? I, well, I'm not, I'm not what, really sure how, it, how that works. I, I, I can tell you exactly how it works. Always remember this. It's never been politics. It's always been politics. There you go. That's your answer. That's your complete wow. answer. Always politics and not politics. Yep. Wow. Wow. That is. Uh, I guess that 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 pretty much explains. Um, yeah, I'm not saying. You know, I'm not saying that judges are compromised on you know any kind of fight because they are sanctioned by the you know the boxing commission and things like that and that nature. But I know that there are things that can be turned, you know, uh, where they can just make sure they justify the, you know their the votes and stuff like that. And it kind of pretty much 
you know, um, not with undermining, you know, the system where they pretty much have where I thought, and I don't know a lot of people that, um, you know, agree with you. Like you said, if you don't bludgeon or knock out your opponent, uh, they have they do have free reign of um, determining how the outcome of the fight is, and I totally agree with you. Right. You know, um, unfortunately, you know, that's just the price of doing business, I guess, um, as far mm-hmm. as boxing. Now, um, if you could make a change in your career, what change would you do? what change would you make as far as uh, choosing a promoter or just uh, just choosing you know um, something that you thought that would make a difference in your career? Mm, that, that's a hard one. There, yeah. I mean, like I said, unless you exception exception to the rule as a you talking about a fighter, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah, if you're exception to the rule, then you don't have that worry. But if you're not, basically you can't change nothing else. If you're a likable person, you have stuff go in your favor. If you're a non-likable person, it won't go in your favor, obviously. And you have to be exception to the rule. Just, just that simple. Just gotcha. that simple. Cut and dry. I got you. <laughs> so now as far as um swilling boxes, now I've heard you had close ties to Bernard Hopkins. You said I had close ties? Yes. Oh no, I never had no close ties with him. Okay, so um all right, basically well, yeah. from what I know. Uh, do, do y'all have mutual friends, basically? Uh, yeah, we, we are. I mean, you know, we 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 are. Okay, cool, cool. And the reason why I was asking that was because, um, as far as like when Bernard Hopkins, when he first started on his career, and he would say uh, some people that you know he would look at their you know their boxing tapes. You're one person that he mentioned. Right. And I just thought maybe, like, and it was very early in his career, so I thought maybe that y'all had close ties and come to find out that um, he had someone that once trained in his boxing camp that eventually came over to your boxing camp. So I just figured, you know, maybe that's where that tie came from. Uh-uh. No, we never had close ties, no. Okay, no. I was just, you know, I was just wondering, and it was just me just, you know, just fishing. And I just wanted to, you know, want to know more because I know a lot of boxers, even though they they might be different weight class and things like that, and they had different sparring partners. Um, I just wanted to uh, to see if I can. And, and here's one more thing that I did want to ask you: Did you spar? Did you spar with the same weight class sparring partner, or did you have someone that was considered a heavyweight when you sparred? Yeah, smaller and bigger guys. Bigger, okay. about my weight, and a little smaller at the time when I was 190. Uh, I boxed a guy probably about 100 and mm, about 150. I was glad to hurry him get out the ring because he was making me look bad. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand. I can understand you want to just um, 
get that experience or, or the speed and stuff like that and just change things up. That's, you know, um, I think that's an excellent sparring strategy, if you ask me. I mean, I'm not sure, you know, what your, I mean, what your sparring routine was, but I think before you go to, you know, um, like a bout, um, I think the sparring routine is a major role in the outcome of, um, you know, how you do in the fight. I'm not sure if you agree with that. Right. Uh, yeah, most of the times when go ahead, go ahead, Nate. Yeah, you get in there and, and hope you don't look bad against a uh, person that's a little faster and crappier than you. And if that's the case, then you'd be like, "Oh man, I wish this hurt and get over." <laughs> in your mind, that's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm quite sure, like every fight that that you have that I, I saw that you always had a chance to win that fight. Um, I never seen, you know, uh, you in a fight where you never gave it a, a, a good effort to win that fight. And the one thing I would like to ask you is, what do you feel about fighters that, that throw in the towel? Or not even the fighters, but somebody that just decides to throw in the towel. What do you feel about that? Because I know when it comes to boxing, it takes a great amount of time to go into training and to just at a moment where you say, and I know that players have lost their life in, in, in the ring, but do you feel that as being in the ring, and it's going to be win, lose, or draw that you see this thing to the finish? Do you think it's appropriate to throw in the towel? Well, that's that's always the case in any sport. I mean, most of them, especially boxing. I mean, it's you know you have a winner, you have a loser, or or a draw. All sports you can't. Well, you already know you can't have a tie in all sports. You already know that. So that's pretty much how it go. Yeah, I, except for football, they do have ties, which I don't like about well, that. Well, yeah, yeah, certain sports you can have ties. The majority of sports, I think you can. No, you, no, you, no, you, you can't. Well, you could, you could, if it happened that way. Right. You have a tie in, in in car racing. If that if it happened that way, I'm sure they're not going to have a drive off. I already know that. Horse <laughs> racing, they're not going to run the horses around again. If it's like literally nose to nose, I already know that. If it's track running, I know they ain't going to have. A runoff, if it's a tie, I already know that. So, in, right. in some sports, it, it, it can end in a tie. I agree, and um, I like, I like the, the, the analogies we that we just sprung in, in the sports where, <clears throat> where they're not going to just say, "Hey, we're going to make sure there's going to be a winner." But you know, the one thing about boxing and other sports like uh, NFL football, where though. They don't have a lot of games, and there's not no uh, a three round thing, or it's just it is basically it is going to be what it is at the end. Whether it's right. win, lose, or draw, like you said, and um, one of the things, like I said, you know, we appreciate about boxing is that this is something that the individual that's facing his opponent they dedicate time to win, right? 
And there's other sports where they just dedicate time to just play the game. So right. with the sport of boxing, boxing is just not one boxing match. It's just a whole body of dedication that that individual right. has put in there. And um, right. I was like, to, I was like to thank you because um, Nate, uh, all the times I've I've seen, not all of your your boxing matches. I appreciate the dedication you put into the sport. Right. Okay. So I just want to thank you. And um, at this time, it's a time of call of salvation. And if you would, uh, can you do the call of salvation for us? Sure. If you if you don't know Christ, you should come to know Him. Ask Him for to forgive you for your sins. And, and guide you through this journey because only him and him alone can take you to new heights and make you the person that you should be. He can he can make everything right for you. Uh, you can depend on him. This old song, I can depend on him. If you don't know Christ, come go to the altar. Go to a sanctuary or do it in your in your private area and, and and give your life to Christ. He knows everything all he knows all about you. He knows stuff before you even think about it. And you know, you can't go wrong when you uh put God first and be obedient and do the right thing. He'll he'll take you down that path that you need to go down and, and it's only him that can make you the way you should be and believe on him and live in him let him live in you and you'll see that your life will be much better for you as we go on this journey amen amen, amen. and i wholeheartedly agree with nate and Real quickly before I do the announcements, I just make, want to make a suggestion. Like uh, Nate said, you'll find a Bible-believing, teaching, preaching sanctuary that knows you in the Word of Christ. And if you can't find that sanctuary, you can find a night of ministry almost any night here on Purpose Care Network. And we just hope that you have found that salvation. Even though we know the sanctuaries are mostly closed and we only can uh, do what we can do, but don't forget we have social media where we can congregate and we can uh, just celebrate just being in the spirit of Christ in a church environment online. So it doesn't have to be person to person for right now. But when we do, you know, it will be a celebration. I know that. So with that being said, I'm just going to go ahead into the announcements. And this is a product of Purpose Team Network. And I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining the premiere show of Nate, Mr. Miller, Mr. Miller Boxing Show. And so uh, please feel free that he will be on every second Friday of every month. So mark that on your calendars. Uh, put that reminder in your cell phone because uh, I have enjoyed tonight's show. And if you enjoyed tonight's show, make sure you share with a friend and let them know that next month on the second Friday that Nate and Mr. Miller is going to be on and you're going to be enjoying it. Okay, and don't forget to share that with a friend. And if you want to communicate with us via email at Purpose Camp Network, you can communicate us 
via email at purposekingdomnet at gmail.com where you can send comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello, send a, a, friend, re- uh, a friend request, or you can just uh, give us a praise report. We gladly honor that. We appreciate that. And we appreciate those that are, that are listening online, no matter where in the world you are. We thank you so much for supporting us here at Purpose Kingdom Network. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at Purpose underscore Kingdom. We'd like to thank each and every one of our listeners that have listened to our rebroadcast, which you can go on to www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. You can simply type in the host name or the show name. Like tonight, you can just type in Nate Mr. Miller show, and you can hear at any time at your convenience uh, the rebroadcast of the show, and you can share with your friends. We thank you so much. And with God's will and God's blessing, we hope you join us at the 8 p.m. hour, note the time. It's going to be 8 p.m. Our next broadcast, which is going to be the turning point with Elder Charles Lee and Reverend Maureen Lee, our couple of ministry. And once again, with God's will and God's blessing, we hope you join us at the 8 p.m. hour for the turning point with Elder Charles Lee and Reverend Maureen Lee. We thank and uh, we just hope that you continue to share with everyone in the love of Christ. And with that being said, we're going to turn the show over to Nate and Mr. Miller to close us out into the program. Thank you, everyone. And we're back with uh, Nate. Well, thank you for you listening. And hopefully you learned a, uh, a little bit of what I had to say and, Thank you for supporting me and coming on to listen. And I'm hoping to do this for a long time, but we we shall see. Whatever the creator have in store, I'm sure he'll he'll put it in my heart. And hey, I I, I thank God every day for waking me up and being able to be an inspiration to a lot of people. And I thank him for who I am and how I was born and what I'm here to do. And thank you very much. And y'all have a good night. Jesus bless. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Step one to see me down, I will not lose.